This is the last sermon um, in this series about prayer called Unleash. <clears throat> Today's sermon is, is, I'm calling it Open Our Eyes. And I'm asking the Lord to do that for us because um, if we're not careful as believers, we'll start to make it about ours, me, my family, my friends, a little circle of our four and no more, that we just concentrate on that. But if you look at the theme of the New Testament, it might surprise you what it is. I believe it's, that the, it's the kingdom of God. You may not recognize that as you read your Bible too much, but if you'll see it, it's all through the New Testament over and over again. Your kingdom come, your will be done. His kingdom coming to this earth. And since the theme is the kingdom of God, then if the believers are doing the right thing, we're going to have to flower out um, our expressions of who we allow in our circle and our, our uh, intentions and our, uh, our focus towards the future. It can't be just about our people. It can't even be just about your small group. It has to be about the rest of the world knowing Jesus Christ as well. I've chosen this scripture in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. When the servant of the man of God, and the man of God is Elisha here, got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. You know, if we're not careful, we look at what's happening in our world and in America and it, everything's looking like it's going away from God and two multi-religions. But look at that. Those who are with us are more than those that are with them. We have the power of God with us to change and transform lives. And Elisha prayed. Now here's it. The, the, the city is surrounded by the enemy. The prophet of God looks like he's going to go down and be killed because that's what the army would like to do. And Elisha prayed for his servant. And here's what, he, here's what he prayed. Lord, open his eyes so he may see. And I'm asking the Lord to open your eyes and open my eyes today. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So God had his encamp encamping angels. He had uh, his powers uh, of light and that were battling the powers of darkness. He had the spiritual realm and, and, and all the power available in God's hand was in charge, not what they could see physically around them. And I'm praying today that God will open our eyes to see what's around us. First of all, to see the need in our community with so many that don't know Jesus Christ. We can't be satisfied to just live our lives and hold the fort till Jesus comes. We have to know that our, our goal, that our call of God is to reach out to people that don't know Jesus Christ and to build his kingdom, to see his kingdom come and his will be done. So I'm asking the Lord to open our eyes to that. But then I'm asking him to open your eyes and my eyes to this, that he's... He's with us in a mighty way to reach them. Just like he was with those people right there and he was gonna protect them and he was gonna give them victory, the power of God is with us to reach these people. Now, the only way we don't appropriate that power is if we don't step up and work, right? He's not with us to reach them if we're not gonna work. So the deal is we have to get after it. We have to stop thinking about our small, small group and our class and our youth and just us. Because if we're doing it right, and you're disciple right, and I'm disciple right, and our kids and our youth are disciple right, a huge portion of what we're doing is reaching out to the lost. Then we have it squared away, we have it right. 
Romans 10, 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? That's us. We're the ones who are supposed to tell them so that they can be saved. Our thought is, we'll just try to encourage them to come into a church, and that's helpful. They can find them, but it's way bigger than that. The Lord wants us to take the message that we hear here and go out. You've heard me say many times before, the service starts now. And the reason I say that is we're called here to be encouraged and we're gathered to be equipped and the Lord strengthened us and he fills us with the spirit and our cup overflows. That's what's supposed to happen here. And then we're supposed to go out there with our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers and let that overflow be something that's wonderful as we share the love of God with others around us and tell them about the truth of Jesus Christ. God is calling us and sending us out to win them. Now let's take a look back for a moment. I've been your pastor uh, in March. It'll be 20 years as your senior pastor. I was a youth pastor for three years before that. 23 out of the last 30 years of my life have been right here with this fellowship. As a matter of fact, it's interesting. You add up, for those of you who've been around for a while, you add up all the history of the pastors around here. I've been here three years longer now than all the others combined, which is weird to me because I feel so young. I really do. I feel like I'm ready to go right now. We've been here 20 years, and we've seen some remarkable things. I want to remember that we're standing on the shoulders of people before us. Uh, you know, I, I want to remember Pastor Carlson and Pastor Eichenberger and the good things that they did and the buildings that they built and the land that they purchased. And there, there was then the people that were here that were elders and have gone on to be with the Lord. I want to remember all that. But I want to reflect back on the past 20 years for just a moment and show you some things that the Lord's done. 20 years ago, this is up for the, on the screen for you. There were 250 people in church here on a Sunday morning or in, in, our, in our buildings. 20 years ago, we had an elementary school through sixth grade with approximately 170 students. The church gave approximately 15,000 that year to world missions. We were on 5.7 acres and had about 22,000 square feet of building space. Six years ago, we moved onto this, our new campus, and started a high school. God has blessed that ministry tremendously as well. We now have in the city limits of Tualatin 44 acres. We got about 38 and a half here and 5.7 on the other side. We now have no longer 22,000 square feet, but, but in the last 20 years, that's risen to 100,000 square feet of building space. God brought in approximately $12 million to accomplish getting to this new campus and, and the 60,000 square feet that's here on this property now with Lord willing, more to come. School enrollment, including the daycare, is now approximately 570 students. Recently, we've been averaging about 900 people in our Sunday morning services and classes. We minister, and this is interesting, I, I, I thought I'd check out our realm of influence, and I was shocked by this. Surprise. We minister to approximately 331 families with our schools. We minister to 58 families with our daycare. We minister to 1,713 families in our church. That's the number on our mailing list. That's a total of 2,102 families that we have a significant ministry to in our area. The U.S. Census says that there are approximately 
people average per household in Oregon. So if you take those 2,102 families and times it by two and a half, our realm of influence, people we minister to on an annual basis and on a regular basis is 5,255 people. That's our realm of influence and ministry. That is what the Lord has given us as an increase as we're trying to see his kingdom come and, and his will be done and his kingdom built here on this earth. We minister to more people than live in the city of Tillamook, Oregon. That means we touch more people than the population of 167 cities in the state of Oregon. There's 167 cities smaller than 5,200 people. Since the year 2000, we've, uh, oh, I skipped one. Uh, in the pa- uh, last year, we gave $597,941 to world missions. So as we come to raise money here to, to, to reach people in our area for Jesus Christ, I wouldn't want anybody to think that we're not concerned about the rest of the world because it's been something we've been on for a long time and we're gonna stay on it. In the past two years, we've given $978,460 to world missions, almost a million dollars in the last two years. Since the year 2000, we've given $4,608,000 to world missions. We've seen, here's my favorite one, we've seen thousands of people come to Jesus Christ. Now, that, that could sound like bragging, but you'll, you'll see where I'm going here. It's not. I want to thank the Lord for everything he's done before. I'm grateful for it because of the people, because of the giving for this building and missions and all we've done. The Lord's blessing is on this place. But I want to read this scripture to you now about this new day that we're going to. Because if we're not careful, we could look at what's happened and thank the Lord and just live there. And I'm here to tell you that after 20 years, I'm not ready to sit on my hands. I'm not ready to coast from here. Because there's too many people who don't know Jesus in our community. They don't know him. And we're driving by every day and we're comfortable with that. We don't even think about it. When's the last time you thought, does this waitress know Jesus Christ? Does my neighbor, are, are they going to go to heaven? Isaiah 43, 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. Let me stop and say this, that several months ago, there was a discontentedness in me because I felt that this church had plateaued. For a, for a few years now, we've not grown. And I don't like that because the Bible says in the New Testament that the church grew daily. Now, I will say that there's been incredible things that have happened. There have been miracles and lives changed and amazing things and missions that we're doing and we're ascending church. And so there is life here and there's growth beyond here, but I, I, I don't feel like we're doing as well as we should be doing here. And I don't mean that to knock anybody because I wasn't putting on any, anybody but me. And I was talking to the Lord about that for, for a long season And I felt at some juncture when nothing seemed to change outwardly that the Lord spoke to me and said, it's a new day. Do you know there are seasons in in life and in ministry? There's planting seasons, there's watering seasons, and there's harvesting seasons. And I believe what the Lord revealed to me is in these last few years, we've been planting and we've been watering. And we've done that a lot on, on the foreign fields, haven't we? In Cambodia and with the house of Remember New and, and the giving and, and the going with the school that we've poured a lot into the high school and the lives that we're seeing saved. We've been planting, we've been watering. But I believe that the Lord spoke to me a few months ago and said it's a new day when I could see no change outwardly uh, in those moments. And I remember thinking it's a new day and I felt it uh, over and over again in my spirit. 
So much so that before a staff meeting, I wrote down on the board one morning, the whiteboard, it's a new day. And the staff members came in and I said, I feel like the Lord is saying this. And some of them honestly said later, not at that moment, a new day? Huh, how's it a new day? I don't see it. But over the next couple of weeks and even the next few months, we did begin to see it. There are things happening in the spiritual realm that are very, very exciting. And then one day, after the Lord had spoken that to me, I was reading this passage of Scripture. And uh, as I went along, I, I, I thought this. I, he said, I'm the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. He's starting to speak of the miracles of the past for his people. We've had miracles, haven't we? We've had amazing things happen with lives changed and people healed and millions of dollars and lands and, and the focus moving forward. And I thought, huh, this is kind of like us, all these miracles from the past. I call forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots, chariots rather, and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned their lives, snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. And that's just talking about miraculous uh, deliverance and provision. And then this jumped out at me. When this was said, I just knew, there, you know, when the Bible speaks of rhema, or, or, or it's, it's a Greek word, when, when the word rhema means the word of God for now. And it can be really prophetic in our lives right now. When you read a word and it just, and the Lord brings it into your spirit, it, 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 the rhema is not a prophetic word that just came out of somewhere other than the scriptures. That's prophecy or, or just a word of knowledge or a word from God. Rhema is the word of God, the written revealed word of God that is for now. And I believe that this was a rhema word because it just jumped out at me and I haven't been able to shake it since. After all the good things he's done, now we're thinking about Israel, but we're thinking about us. After all the good things he's done that we're grateful for, this is what jumped out at me. I felt the Lord was saying to me and to us, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. He's not saying the past is bad. He just said all the miracles, but, he, but it won't help us to rely on what's happened in the past, right? The only thing we're going to do is go backwards because we're looking back all the time at what happened. It's a new day, and God says what I've done in the past is nothing compared to what I'm about to do. For I'm about to do something new, and that jumped out at me there because he had spoken to me to say that it's a new day. See, I've already begun. And though you'll see a lot hit on 210, 2.10 next week, I'm telling you that the Lord's been moving for months in this fellowship and behind the scenes, things are being prepared. And it's incredible what he's doing and it's already begun. Do you not see it? It says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. God says, forget all the past. It's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. After seeking the Lord for some time, I believe that he's saying to Horizon, it's time to sow in your own fields. Now listen, I, I don't know how to say this because I, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because I'm not. But we haven't been able to paint uh, every, th th this building the way we want to. We've been giving millions of dollars to missions in the last few years when we couldn't even take care of our own maintenance. We're painting one side of this building at a time right now. Notice that site hasn't been painted in a while. And we're doing it because we, we haven't had enough money to take care of even the maintenance issues around here because we're sending money out. We're saying that we believe that God will take care of us as long as we take care of his focus across the world. And I'm not complaining, I'm happy to do it and I do believe he'll take care of us. But part of what we're doing with raising money now is I believe the Lord said this, it's time to sow into your own fields now. 
We've been sowing into Cambodia. We've been sowing into China and Africa. We have people all over the world that we're supporting because they're lifting up Jesus. We're sending people to these countries. We just had a team get back from Cambodia and medical missions. Pastor John just got back this week looking at Remember New and building a home over there. We've been on that, right? But God says now it's time to sow into your own fields. You know it takes money to take care of things in Cambodia? If you're gonna build a church, it takes money. Same here, same deal. And if you're, gonna, if you're gonna make things nice for people to sit in in Cambodia, you gotta create atmosphere for them. And here, God's concerned about our atmosphere and what these people will, will like when they come in and what will draw them in. And you'll see some of the things we're doing there. It's time to sow into our own fields. Here's our field, to Wallaton, Wilsonville, Sherwood, Tigard, Westland, and Portland. That's our immediate harvest field. I don't want to be good at sending and not good at and, and going and, and not good at sending and going here in our own community. There are poor people around us. There are people in need everywhere. There, there are so many people who don't know Jesus Christ in our community. The world, catch this now, the world, Korea, they're sending missionaries to America because America is turning away from God. The revival to the world seemed to start from here and flow. And then this American, this United States of America is now turning away from God and the nations that we witness to are coming to us to be evangelists to our nation now. I don't want to leave it to them. I want us to reach them too. I want God to open our eyes. James, rather John 4.35. Jesus says, I tell you, open your eyes. And look at the fields, they're ripe for harvest. This might surprise you, but I believe it's easier to lead someone to Jesus Christ than it's ever been in the history of the world right now. I believe that. We look at all those things that are going on and all the bad things and listen, people are hurting. This message of Jesus Christ and his love is attended by the Holy Spirit. God will take it to their hearts and when we love people and we share, they're turning to Jesus Christ. Jesus said, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest right now, not tomorrow, not later. I want you to watch this video in just a moment. And this is what it's all about. This, you know, as we take an offering today, as we focus here in the church, as we're looking to build the kingdom of God, this is what it's all about. Look what God has done among us with just one life. Hey Horizon everyone, this is Brett Olson. I'm in San Antonio, Texas. I'm stationed at Randolph Air Force Base here. Um, I just wanted to tell everyone hello and wanted to tell everyone thank you just for the love and the passion you guys encouraged me and loved me in an amazing way and changed my life. Um, let me give you a little bit of background about myself. I moved to Salem, Oregon um, probably about three years ago. Um, I moved up there just to go to the fire academy at Chemeketa and be with my girlfriend who was at U of O at the time. And um, in one week, I got kicked out of the fire program at Chemeketa and girlfriend had dumped me and stuff. And I was kind of just left lost and alone. And um, Stephanie invited me to church for Easter Sunday. She asked if I had any plans for Easter and I said no. And she invited me up there. And when we were up there, I saw that there was a basketball league going on and I wanted to play in the basketball league and then went to work and Pastor Kenny invited me to play basketball and it was awesome and 
I kept going to church after that with Stephanie because it was just nice to be around nice people. And um, one Sunday, Peace stand up there giving the altar call, asking people to come to Jesus. And I felt him staring down at me and glaring at me, saying, raise your hand, Brett. I didn't raise my hand, but I gave my life to Jesus that day and haven't turned back since. I have an awesome group of friends in the college group and think about them every day and miss them every day. Um, my brother and sister since have visited me when I was in Oregon to help move and stuff. Both of them, while they were up there, gave their life to Jesus just because of the amount of love and a love and an unconditional, amazing love. I can't even, it's a God thing. I can't explain it. Um, that they felt from the people around them. And they've seen me change from being selfish and self-centered to loving them just like the love I've got from you guys and the love we've all received from Jesus. And it's awesome. And I just want to say thank you guys. And I miss you guys all. Hope to see you guys soon. That's what it's all about right there. That's what it's all about. And we're not to... um to just be grateful that we're in. We're to be so grateful and so thankful that we help others come in to this love of God through Jesus Christ. Recently, Brett received the honor of being the Airman of the Year on his base in San Antonio. You know, he got kicked out of the fire department in Shema- at Shemekera. And not only that, yesterday, here's what we heard about Brett. What's the difference of Brett without Jesus and Brett with Jesus? Yesterday, we found out Brett... Uh, it was named the Fireman of the Year for 13 bases that were, uh, and that's just thousands of people. So here's a guy who got kicked out, and he's an airman, but a fireman in, in, in the, uh, as an airman. And, and now he's the Fireman of the Year for 13 bases. Uh, that is just incredible what God has done in his life and the direction his life has taken. He's serving God and going to church there. He's mentoring an 11-year-old boy. Uh, through the Big Brother program in San Antonio. And here's what he says. Uh, he says he's coming back here someday because he loves you and he wants to raise his family here when he gets a family. And, and this is what it's about. A soul here is as precious to God as a soul in Cambodia. I want you to understand that. You don't reach people the same way here you do in Cambodia, but a soul here is just as precious to God as any soul in Cambodia. They're all precious to him. So in those months when I was feeling a little discontent because we weren't um, performing at, at the level or becoming all that God wanted us to be, I, I decided that I was gonna um, do something a little radical. And, and I, I remembered the city of Jericho and how the people walked around it in the Bible. And <clears throat> I decided that I would do what they did in the Bible. And, and, and last summer... For seven days, I came out here to walk around this campus, and um, it's 1.2 miles around, around this campus. I know because I had my little trusty Nike uh, runner thing with me, but I, but I walked it, and, I, and as I walked, I prayed, and, and I was just saying, Lord, what? How? Show me. This isn't it. We're not, we're not where you want us to be, but you're, Lord, I want you to take us there. Show me so I can know. So for six days, I marched around once in prayer. And on the seventh day, just like the, the walls of Jericho, when they, they marched seven times. And I marched and prayed for, for a little over two hours and 8.4 miles around here. 
And I felt the Lord spoke to me, but I didn't feel it was radical. But I said something like this to him. Uh, <clears throat> Lord, I feel like we've plateaued. I, I must know what you want to do for us to go further. I have to know what you want us to do. And uh, there were prayers of, Lord, help us to impact our culture. Within a few days of that prayer walk, I found myself at a dinner with a friend in the Seattle area. And uh, as we were having dinner with our wives, he said to me, you know it's a new day for you. Now, wait a minute. That's terminology that the Lord's been working me, uh, with me for a few months already. And my friend Troy does not know this. And he says, I just feel like the Lord's saying it's a new day. And so he had my attention because I felt like the Lord was about to speak and I believe he did. And he said, God's gonna do great things among you there. And God sent me Troy as a mentor to help me. We've been so busy with the schools and everything. I'm telling you, I love the schools, but they make me tired sometimes. Uh, I'm happy for what the Lord's done, and, but the last five years have been tough on me and tough on this church to make the long haul and the long pool. But we're through all that. The schools are solid and strong. And we're moving forward, and now the Lord is saying it's a new day. And Troy has been helping me with this 2.10, the, the, new, the new day. You say, did you go get it from someone else? Listen, when you pray and you ask for help, often God sends you people. He just does. He sends you people to show you the right way. Troy's my friend, and we're on the phone once a month because we're pastors, and he's a pastor of a church larger than this in the Northwest and just doing a super job. And we're on the phone, and... Um, I finally said to Troy, Troy, I'm glad to talk to you as a friend every, every month, but I need more than a friend. I need you to coach me. Well, he's considerably younger than me, so it was weird to him. And uh, he said, coach you? I said, yeah, you coach me for a year. You help me, man, because I want to get better. And then we'll go back to being friends after that, all right? So, so he and I are on the phone, and I'm asking questions, and I'm learning, and I'm digging, and I've been down there a few times, and I feel like the Lord sent Troy, and that church has invested in me. And, uh, you know, when God sends people to invest in you, you know he's still up to something. And there are seasons where we learn, and we, how are we going to get better? How am I going to get better for the kingdom, for you? Well, part of it is I have to work hard at it. I have to uh, increase my knowledge. I have to draw closer to the Lord, and I've been working to do these things. So, coming out of that time in, the, in my 20th year, here's what I did. I decided to fire myself. So I did. I fired myself and then I rehired myself shortly after. I might add at the same salary. Um, <laughs> and I decided that we are going to relaunch this church, that this is what the Lord's saying. That we're going to act like we just showed up in this community and we're brand new. Do you know what they do when they show up new churches and communities? They, they, they get out in the community, they start to serve, they put out uh, uh, cards so people know they're here, and they really invest in people knowing where they're at. Well, we're, we're relaunching. We're approaching this as if we're brand new to our community. As if we haven't had any impact yet. Forget all the stuff behind us. It's a new day. Why? Because the lost of this great southwest suburban Portland area need to know Jesus. So in my 20th year as pastor, we're doing 20 new things beyond our current ministry structure. And I, I, you have them on the card there, but I'm gonna walk you through them so you can have an idea. I'll give a little bit of an explanation. I'm gonna go really fast here right now 
because when I did this at our banquet, I shared these things. I spoke for about an hour and 15 minutes and I don't wanna do that today. Uh, Nobody said anything, but they were gracious and and they gave. I was grateful. But um, my sermon was kind of a lot like heaven. It was eternal. And and it's gonna be shorter today. Number one, 20 days of prayer and fasting. We've already done that. Believing God to reach our world. And I believe that we set the environment that God's been moving because of that. We're taking that prayer even further. We were praying every morning from 6.30 to 7.30 and now we're continuing it every day from 6.30 to 7.30, Monday through Friday at the youth room or the children's room upstairs, there's prayer. And if you wanna join that prayer because you love prayer or you wanna pray for this church or you have prayer needs of your own and that consistency helps you, 6.30 every morning, Monday through Friday, we decided to carry it on because the Lord's doing things. Second of the 20, caring ministries for our community. The C4 strategy. You remember when Monty Hip was here and we talked about reaching our community? We are working behind the scenes to build teams. And there are four areas uh, that we're going to reach out to. A survey in our community revealed these as the top four. And one of the first times in their history it's ever happened, the survey in the church revealed the, the same top four. What we valued that we thought our community might need is what our community says they need, and they don't usually match up in these surveys. That's what they told us. But it's these four areas. We're going to minister to the poor beyond what we've ever done in our area. We're going to minister to single parents with an emphasis beyond what we've ever done. We're going to reach out to our public schools. That's right, public schools, because we love them all, and we're excited for our community to know that we love them. We want to bless them and build them up. And, and, and care for them as well. And then we're gonna make an emphasis mentoring to youth. That's what you said was the top thing that you felt our community needed in the survey was youth mentors. And these are for some kids who know Jesus, but some who don't. Now, if you're interested in any of those areas, we're building our leadership team right now. This is gonna be slower in being birthed, but we've been working on it for months now. But we want the right team in place. We want a leader over all four of those areas and we've already selected a leader who'll be over the whole thing and more information will come to you later. But if you're interested in any of those areas and you wanna be involved, see Pastor Roger. We're gonna reach out to our community in a greater way than we ever have. They're gonna know we're here and we love them whether they come to this church or not. That is the will of God. The third thing is the apprentice program. They had their first retreat this week. Nine tremendous young people who are gonna serve in this church that we're gonna build up in the Lord. I'll be going in there giving some uh, teaching and, and, and I'll have time that I sit with them and, and Pastor Jeff and um, uh, Pastor David are gonna reach out to them as well. David is leading the program predominantly but they'll be involved in children's ministry and youth and music and you'll see nine incredible young people who are being trained up Uh, with hands-on ministry and some of them with online education to become ministers. We're investing in them now. We think we're gonna see a great return from that. It's already moving and rolling. They had their first retreat this week. And then the new church website. That was launched last week. Um, and, And it's just incredible to have that new tool. It's the first look that people take when they decide where they're gonna go to church. I'm very excited about that. We have a community uh, invitation mailing and sermon series touch card. It's in your bulletin. I want you to take it out and, and just feel it, look at it. We're gonna pray over it. You know why? Because some, I, I drove by some houses coming back from um, Beaverton yesterday. I, I drove by some houses in the Tigard area and I, and I had this thought, how are we gonna reach all these people? I'm, just, I'm looking at apartments and just, I'm just seeing people who don't know Jesus and I, I just have this thought, how are we gonna reach them? And then I remembered, hey, 
We have cards coming into this area. 21,000 homes are going to get this card in, in, in five or six cities around us. And we're going to do it three times this year because we're relaunching, right? We're brand new. Here we go. Come on, let's do it. And so your neighbors are going to be getting this card. And you can see it there. True stories. A quote, I was surprised to be welcome like I was a longtime friend. Uh, Inside Horizon, there's real people, great music, short services. That's, that's mostly true. Fun kid stuff. <laughs> Exciting teen programs. And, it's, and then you look at the back and you can see that I just left a little word. Come join us for a new sermon series called The Best Life. It comes out of the book of the Bible called Ephesians. In it, God shows us his plan for our lives. The messages will be relevant and applicable to life. The atmosphere is nice and the people are great. We'd love to see you. If you're hurting in your life and you've tried everything, perhaps you could take a look at that. It's made in an awkward size on purpose. That's unusual because we want it to stand out. Someone said in the bulletin it doesn't quite fit. Well, it stands out, doesn't it? And that's what we want it to do in the mail. And then we have these touch cards. And I believe this is a nine-week series and I'm asking you... If you'll join with me and have these touch cards, they're on the seat every week here, and they will be for the next several. It's about the series. It's to hand out to a person that's a coworker, a friend. Uh, it's to keep in your wallet, your purse, your pocket, wherever. It, it might even be just pinned up on a board, that little card uh, at your office. And, and it's to let people know, hey, there's a place that would like to see you there. There's a place that's, that's uh, preparing an atmosphere just for you. There's a place where people will love you. There's a place where people won't cheat, lie, or steal the way you felt in your life. There's a place where you won't be forsaken, and they're going to lead you to the God that will never leave you or forsake you. You say, is that all on that card? No, but the Spirit of God is going to touch people's hearts when they read a few words. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take those cards in your hand, and we're going to pray right now. Here's, here's what it says. Look at the scriptures. So his master said, go into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that my house will be full. God wants his house to be full. And I know that's talking about heaven. But I think we can take it to here too because when this house is full, more people find heaven. And so we're going to pray. I want you to pray over the card who you'd give it to and I'm going to pray that these cards, the Lord would touch it. You join me. Father, some could see this as a vain exercise but you know our heart and you are our motivation. Lord, we want that single mama who feels so alone and forsaken and abandoned to know your love. We want those, Lord, who've gone down a route of promiscuity sexually and who've been rejected and who've had disease and who are hurting to know that they are loved, that you want to draw them to yourself. And Lord, they need love. We want that businessman who's empty and saying, is this all there is? We want him to know, no, there's more. That empty hole in your soul is filled with Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that these cards, that they'd be more than just colorful, more than just interesting, that the Spirit of God would attend them. And as people pick them up, Lord, that you draw their interest to the right place. And Lord, that they would know that we're here for them because you love us and you're sending us to them. And Lord, for these touch cards, we pray that they'd be more than just the touch of man, that the touch of Holy Spirit would be upon them. We pray that you'd lead each person here to give one to someone, Lord, knowing that it could go further than just a thought, trying to overcome just the thought of they might not like it or I might be embarrassed, understanding that people don't mind it when you invite them to something, they know you like their presence. And so God, give us boldness and courage, but give us love, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We have new uh, number six now. Oh boy, I gotta move fast. I have one minute. Oh my word. <clears throat> youth and children's activities. Let me talk about, I talked about children earlier. Let me talk about the youth 
uh, free ride. I can't believe this contest. Uh, it's almost embarrassing, but it's so cool. At the same time, I'm going to say it. They have this contest. You know, I, I was involved in a contest when I was 12 in California for a 10-speed in church. And over a seven-week period, this is honest goodness truth, I brought 130 people to church. My parents took our station wagon and filled it three times. Seatbelts weren't the law then. And we would, <clears throat> and we filled, and they helped me. And I won the 10-speed. And that dumb 10-speed helped facilitate 130 people coming to church. And many of them got saved. And I was happy to have the 10-speed, but by the end, I was really happy that God had done a lot of things way beyond that. That 10-speed wore out pretty quick. It wasn't that great. But the eternal thing was, was the souls. Right now in the youth group, they have this thing called free ride, where kids, if they quote scripture or learn to quote scripture and, and they read their Bibles and they bring people to church, they can get a free trip to Disneyland. And listen to this for visitors. And, and we had an outside donor give most of, to, most of it to make this happen. Someone said, Disneyland? That's demonic. I, listen, I want to just put on my old, old man, hey, Disneyland, that's demonic. Why? We need people to know Jesus. Listen, I'll tell you what's demonic, legalism. Legalism is demonic. And, and, and here, here's the deal. If, you, if, they, if they bring a friend, listen to this, any kid that went up to the youth group right now was there for three times. Any visitor gets to go to Disneyland. What? Somebody gave the money for this to happen. Listen, I, 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 you say, is that right? I don't know. All I know is I want to go and they won't let me participate. But, but here, here's, here's the deal. They're going to be up there finding out about Jesus. They're going to be riding for 20 hours in a, in a van up there with people who know Jesus. These kids are going to have a chance to come to the Lord. They're going for it. I'm glad we're moving. I'm glad we're trying. Get your friend there for three weeks and get them to Disneyland. More importantly, like the 10-speed, that's not what it's about. They'll come to Jesus. We're going to have new church signage inside and out. There'll be a really cool, full-color electronic reader board if everything goes well that you'll see when you come in next week. That's in place of the sign that's there now. Same size, but right, right in place of it. And uh, we'll take that sign and move it to the Norwood side because we're not going to waste it. And, and on that reader board, we can put... Uh, you know that the school has registrations because that can flash up there. We can put the sermon series on there that's happening. We can put game times and everything. It's in the daycare, you know, it's all this stuff where people driving by can notice there's a lot happening in that place. There's a stage remodel that's going to go on. It's going to be substantial. You're going to be very surprised at what you see. Pray for Pastor Doug and Alex and Jeff. They're all really tired. Our pastors are working harder than they've ever worked before. And I told them, this is a season where we're going to go hard. And I don't want any complaints. And they haven't, because they're awesome people. They've been working to do these new things, to get them in place. Some of them 60, 70 hour weeks, and maybe 80. But we're not going to do it on a regular basis. But sometimes it's just a season to go. And we're going hard, and we believe the Lord's going to honor it. There's the Horizon Alliance. The, the district office of the Assemblies of God came to me and said, we would like for your church to be involved in in training ministers and working with ministers and churches because we see you as one of the creative, innovative churches. I wouldn't have said this about us. They said it, okay? I'm just telling you what they said. They said, would you take leadership in some of these churches around here? And I said, look, I'm having a tough time leading the one I'm in. They said, well, will you at least train people? We said, absolutely. So I want you to look. The, 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 the network, the Oregon Network of the Assemblies of God paid for half the cost of the website that you're just about to see some information on and see what we're going to do as a church to help pastors and ministers everywhere. Take a look at this. 
Isn't that cool? We'll have a touchpoint conference once a year where we, we've had these before. It's been several years where, where we had 40 ministers in the service with us. They'll watch what we do. We'll invest in them. We'll love them. We'll bless them. Did you know that there are some pastors who work full-time all week long in small communities and yet have 100 believers that will gather on Sunday and they're having to do all their sermon stuff and all their preparation um, when they're working full-time already. So we're providing everything we do for them for free. They can take the sermon series, use the graphics, the small group stuff is attached to the sermons. They can rework it, and we're making everything we do available absolutely free to other ministers, other ministries and churches. And I believe the Lord's hand is in this. Our leadership in the Assemblies of God asked us to do this, and we're stepping up. It's a new day at Horizon, and we're gonna be givers uh, more than we ever have been. There's a giving kiosk that's coming. There's a new Sunday morning fellowship time. Next week, I wanna encourage you to come early. Service starts at 9.15, correct? So a half hour early, you're gonna see the lobby will be completely transformed. All new furniture, different colors. Um, and, and I want you to just come a half hour early. The coffee will be out then. And all the pastors, we're gearing not only this week, but from now on to be in there with you hanging out. If you want to know the pastors, I promise you we want to know you. Come and hang out with us. We'll just have some coffee. And we'll be there. Then we'll have our mid-service time. All the service schedule is still the same. We'll have our mids, you know, where we have our donuts and all that. But at the end, we're going to have more coffee again and hang out a little longer for anybody who wants to. Because if you go to first service, you'd come earlier probably to hang out. Second service, you might want to stay late. So we're just going to hang out with you. We, we're creating an atmosphere. Listen, for your friends who don't know Jesus, one of the coolest things for them is to walk into a nice atmosphere that looks more like Starbucks than what they would think of as a church, to hang out with some people and laugh for a little bit, know their name, have some coffee and think, this is cool. And then they're coming in here. Or they're walking out and they're thinking, those people, honestly, we hear these reports all the time. You guys aren't as scary as I thought you'd be. That's pretty much what they're saying. And so we want to hang out with them as well. So join us. Come a half hour early. Actually, we'll be in there 25 minutes early. Uh, but, but come early before the service. Check out everything that's happening. And uh, there will be a wow factor. And, and, and uh, let, let's have some fellowship together. We'll do that from now on uh, so you can come earlier and uh, we get to know each other even better. Then there's a new, improved, uh, a new believer's follow-up process. There'll be a fresh start table that'll be in the lobby as well with Bibles and free books and materials that, that new believers can just go up to and just take right off that table with some follow-up information online. We've been working hard. Pastor Doug has worked hard on this. It's, I, th I think you're really gonna like it and your friends who come to Jesus can have something in their hand that day right away because we'll encourage them to go out to the fresh start table. We're building a recording studio. We've had kind of a little mini one before, but Pastor Kenny and, and the worship team and some of these workers, there's a brand new studio that moved into one of the homes that we own here on the property, and, and you'll see more about that next week, but we're going to do music that will touch the world right from here. I believe that this music here will, can go around the world because there's incredible musicians here, incredible songwriters. These young people, God wants them to rise to, to a level of impact that might be on what you thought about because they're good. He put these gifts in them and he wants to do more. So we're, we're, we're gonna do worship and music that flows from there and, and, and I believe it's gonna flow to the world. There'll be a media booth relocation. Get these big old boxes out of here and in another room. Media mainly meaning PowerPoint and lights will keep sound in the same room. There's going to be a, a young professional's emphasis, which we started already. That's 20 
early 20s or 20s and early 30s where new young adult connection opportunities will happen. We feel like they're coming here and they like it, but they're not connecting. So Pastor Doug and I are meeting with, with people that are at that age group in groups of 8, 10, or 12 just to hang out with them on, on evenings. And then we're going to have some events to try to uh, get them connected with one another because it's a great group of people that we think are just going to do awesome things for the Lord, and we want to have things for them here. There's a volunteer apprentice program. I've talked about that. We're going to have some computer workstations for them and, and our volunteers. One of the things we're learning as budgets get tighter is that there are some high-level skilled people here that will volunteer their time. We're creating workstations for them, and it's really paying off. And then prayer during service times is the 20th thing. And here's what I'd say about that. We didn't have very many sign up for this last week. If you know how to pray and you believe in this, we need you. There's a sign-up table again in the same spot as it was last week. As you're leaving the building, you'll see it there uh, today. And, and I'm asking you to pray during one service. We're going to have you pray in this little room to the right here, uh, uh, what we call our green room. You'll be in there praying as service is going on, praying during the worship, praying during the sermon that the Holy Spirit will move. You'll have my notes available to see just what's going on. You'll be able to hear even a little bit. So you pray one service and then you attend another. And that's what we're hoping for as we move forward. The new, this new format and, and what we're doing with the new children's church or I'm sorry, the new children's Sunday school program, it's, 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 it's more innovative and creative than it's ever been, but there's two hours of things for kids that are different now, so you as an adult can attend one service and work in another. That's what we need help with. We want you to attend one and work in one because we're trying to reach people, and we're doing this because the Lord is going to send them. All right? So here's the deal. We've prepared. We're launching a new offensive against the powers of darkness and we're going to take new ground for God. We're not sitting on our hands. We're poised. We're ready. We feel like the Lord's leading us. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for your work in the ministry to this day. Philippians 1 says, Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard until now. That's Paul talking to people. I could say the same to you. We've been partners. People have been coming to Jesus. Now I'm asking you to join with me again, to join with me to help reach this community for Christ. Thank God for what we've seen, but it's a new day and we want to do more. Now, I want you to take the card, the other card, and we're going to look and pray about giving right now. It says 2.10. And if you'd look at that, the need is $135,000. Someone gave us $4,500 to start it off a few months ago for the technology, the new app, uh, the Horizon app. And the website. And then after that, incredibly, someone gave $50,000 for the need. And that gift was matched even more incredibly at a dinner on December 12th where some of the most generous, godly people in this church gave another $56,000. One person gave $20,000 that night. That's incredible to see that kind of generosity. You know what I don't like? I don't like it when people say around here, they say it from time to time, Oh, because I'll say 135000 they'll go, oh, we can do that easy. Listen, no, we can't. We can't do that easy. We're not even a rich church. Unless God moves on people's hearts, these things don't happen. These things are God. When these kind of numbers show up, this is a God thing because people care. We're not that good. I don't even want to be good at fundraising. I don't. I want to move the kingdom of God ahead, and it requires this at times. But these are godly people who've stepped up. Thank God for people who can see it and catch the vision. Now, we've been talking about eyes being open. Look at Acts 26, now verse 17. This is spoken to the Apostle Paul. It's spoken by Jesus Christ to the Apostle Paul. 
but I think it could mean something to us today too. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. So that they might receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. I believe that God doesn't only want our eyes open to the harvest field, but he wants to open the eyes of the lost as well. And he's sending us. I'm hoping today that you can see this need with me. And I'm hoping that you'll join with me to to do beyond what's ever happened here at this church. This card, you have it in your hand. <clears throat> we, we, the need is 25,000 to finish off these things. Thank God we've had 111,000 come in, so it's 24,000. Um, and, and if you don't feel like it, please don't give, man. I, you know, I just don't want any attitudes. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. That's cool. That's cool. I'm not looking. I'm just rejoicing when the Lord brings something in. But we need a couple substantial gifts. You can see that at the top. Perhaps the Lord would speak to you to finish it up. And then if all of us would do something, I don't know if you're in that 500, 300, 200, 100, even that 50 area, everything counts. And we all get a piece of it. When we show up on Sunday, we're gonna say, we did this. The Lord did it through us. And we're happy about what he's doing. And there'll be new people. I think God blesses effort. When he sees any effort for him, he'll bless it. But even more than that, I think he's, he's been the instigator of these efforts to say it's a new day and he wants to wake us up. I'll close with this scripture and I'm gonna say a prayer and we're gonna take an offering. That's our response time today. You say, what about souls? This is all about souls today. Matthew 6, 20, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. 